Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Colonel Chris Meeker, commander of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. We were so lucky this week to get to host the legendary Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Rich Dotson. Oh, hey, everybody. And Matt O'Hara was here. He's not here tonight, but he was here in person last week. And we got our, our legendary pussyfoot, Garrett Price. He was here last <laughs> week having fun with the United States Air Force. Oh. What's up, guys? Oh, How's pussyfoot it Price, it goes everywhere. It's everywhere, Garrett. It's all across the <laughs> I world. I had to say it. Rich told me I had to say it. It was so <laughs> awesome having you guys out here last week. And I got to tell everybody, we, had, um, we are one of the largest – most important bases in the United States Air Force here at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio. We're in Dayton, Ohio. We had 2,000 people come out last week to watch a live Dynasty Nerds fantasy football podcast. Um, they did an hour talking about their redraft show. They did an hour answering. We had 30 live fantasy football redrafts going on with, air, with service members, both military and civilian that work here at Wright-Patterson. During the middle of these drafts, our airmen were going up to ask the Dynasty Nerds questions about who should I draft next, what should my strategy be, um, all sorts of cool stuff. I think hopefully we got that hour on recording, but it was just an awesome experience to have you guys out here to get to know you, and I can't wait to do it again next year. But in the military, whenever you go to, we make all these plans, whenever we get to the battlefield, nothing ever goes as planned. We have a phrase that says, adapt and overcome. We had a little things, a few things that didn't go to plan, right, Rich? Oh uh, yeah. So we're here. We are. We're overcoming. Uh, it's just, it's just too much, too hard to handle. You know what I mean? So here we are. Yeah. And of course, so we went out to the Air Force Base and um, we recorded a live show, like Chris said, for like two thousand troops. It was absolutely amazing. Oh, cool. The intro of the show was so good. We had such a loud cheer, and we got all the video. But uh, you know, not for us to, to think about ahead of time to have a practice to make sure it was recording. It didn't record. So we got the Q&A. We didn't get the live show, but it was unbelievable out there. I mean, like Chris said, 2,000 troops. Chris, the colonel here, smoked over 600 pounds of meat for all 2,000 people. It was some of the best smoked ribs I've ever had in my entire life. The sandwiches were unreal. Garrett, you were chowing down those things, no sauce. Oh, yeah. You didn't even need barbecue sauce. They were that good. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The barbecue sauce was delicious, too. But we were we were running tight on time. So we were shoveling them in. And man, fan freaking tastic. Yeah, uh, they're at the base. I mean, Gary, you can speak on this as well. We were treated like I, I literally feel now like I know how it feels to be a celebrity because that's how we were treated, you know, from going up in the C-17 jet uh, and training with the medical crew, being able to sit in the cockpit during landing and takeoff to seeing the national, you know, the honor guard and how they practice and prepare for such an honorable duty that they have and missions they go on and to see the dogs and everything that the air force base has to offer was such a humbling experience and one that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And then when we got to the live show to talk redraft, uh, the amount of people that showed up, like it, I was blown away on how big of a crowd we had. And it was great to see because some, ner- some nerd members were there in the military as well. that showed up in their dice nerds gear. Yeah. It was awesome, man. I get it. I had such a good experience out there, um, meeting everybody, talking to anybody, uh, befriending the colonel here himself, Chris Meeker, and talking fancy for, throughout the whole, what, 40, like, what was it, Garrett, 36 hours we were out there? 36 to 40 hours. Yeah, we weren't there long, but, man, the entire time we were there, 
every person like I was like I didn't want to get in the way like they got important stuff to do there but literally people would just they would do anything they could to try to make sure that we were comfortable that we were enjoying ourselves uh that we were having a good time that we had what we needed like we we had somebody chauffeuring us around like like it was it was truly an awesome experience everyone was great and just to get to be there in the presence of so many people that have dedicated so much of their personal and professional life to securing our freedoms is just such a cool honor. Um, So thank you so much for having us there. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to doing it again. I'm glad you guys took away uh, a lot of the the important stuff the Air Force does for our country, but also how fun it is to be in the Air Force, right? We we work them hard and feed them good. And we, we always take time to take care of the troops. And uh, we have a great team here at Wright Pat and a great team in the United States Air Force. It was awesome you guys could be kind of part of the Air Force for that 36 hours. Yeah, I felt like a service member there. And that's the first time I've ever been in the military. And shout out, like Graham, uh, Garrett said earlier, Lieutenant Graham, uh, who was there every second that we needed her to drive us around and take us and show us everything. So shout out to Lieutenant Graham. And you're right. I never thought, like when I think of the military, military I'm thinking like, Oh, it's like, this is a stern regiment, but everybody like seemed to really enjoy themselves. And it gave me experience. Like if anybody's ever thought about like, you know, bettering themselves uh, and serving themselves better, you have a chance to do that in the United States military. You can go out there and not only serve your country, but serve yourself and better yourself and learn so many different things because at Wright Patterson air force, like the Colonel said, they're doing so many things. I learned so much. I'm not going to go to detail because it's classified. So you guys all can't know um, <laughs> about what they're working out there on the base, but they're at the forefront of the United States military when it comes to like, you know, pretty much blowing stuff up, <laughs> blowing bad guys up and, and the technology they are working on, on our defense. So it was such a humbling experience. I remember it from the rest of my life. It was so great to meet everybody and the way we're treated. I can't wait to go back next year as well to do it all over again. Cause this is the one time we get to talk redraft and like you said for the q a chris like like how many people there that played fantasy football for the first time like there was that all women's league and they're like we don't have no idea what we're doing but we had so much fun and then for the people that already played fantasy and that loved it that maybe they can grow and learn how to play dynasty fantasy football and then obviously for the people that already played dynasty it was great to talk them up as well um and we're gonna actually gonna get an air force dynasty league uh going as well yeah, so it's we gonna be pretty fun i can't wait um and while we're there you know, you know, Matt had a big shock. He had Miles Sanders as his running back six overall. And, you know, that kind of took a lot of us back and Matt kind of explained himself. But the colonel here, who's also a Nerd Herd member, uh, he could tell you how long he's been a Nerd Herd member for. Um, he also had a, a shock in running back number six overall. Before you go, Colonel, you want to kind of ex- tell everybody who your guy is for this year at the running back position? So, yeah, absolutely. So I've been a Nerd Herd member for five years. And so I'm going to tell a story that to my beginning of my relationship with this player that is my RB6. Um, <laughs> it was the, the, the startup draft, or not startup draft, it was a, the slow auction draft in 2022 based on a bunch of advice from the nerd herd. I had traded away all my 22 picks except for one. I, I had five first rounders in 23, I had five second rounders in 23. I, in 2022, I only had the 204. And I woke up that morning for my first cup of coffee, and I was staring down a decision at 204 between Zamir White and Damian Pierce. And you know what I did? I went to the Nerd Herd film room, and I watched all the film on both guys. Easy Damian Pierce. Significantly more dynamic. They didn't use him at Florida like they should have. Significantly more dynamic. He had a really good rookie year, cut short by 
you know, being a rookie for the first time in the NFL, lost some games at the end of the season, um, but crushed it when he was in there. And now, spoiler alert, later in this episode, because I've heard it all before, because this is the second take, Rich is going <laughs> to talk about the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. That tree is now, those roots have extended down to Houston. Bobby Slowick is scheming up an offense for a rookie quarterback with a mediocre offensive line. I think Damian Pierce has a chance to maintain his volume in the running game and just explode in the passing game. The only downside is, can he play 16 games again this year, 17 games now? And and will they score enough touchdowns? But I'm all in. Damian Pierce, my RB6 for the year. Rich, I, I was I was asking Rich, telling him I wish I had some crystal balls here to see if that was true or not. Next year, are you going to bring them? Oh, I'm 100% bringing the crystal balls. I'm going to dust those bad boys <laughs> off. I mean, dude, we can't be overcoming for our mistakes if we're not going to bring the crystal balls down uh, to the Air Force Base. So that's that's a guarantee, man. I felel bad for not bringing those. It's been so long. So that is a, that's a bold take. It should go on like our bold prediction show, but I love it. I mean, I love the reason behind it. I love the fact that he's getting a little bit more involved with the passing game. I love that you used a film room to kind of make your decision there to get between the two guys that you want to and you use your own eyes to make that decision to kind of break that tier. I love that. I, and listen, you don't make colonel in the United States military if you don't know what you're talking about. So you guys should all be writing this down um, as Chris vies for his retirement plan to become a permanent post on the Dynasty Nerds podcast out here. Uh, dropping definitely if, if Damian Pierce becomes running back six, we'll, we're gonna have we're gonna have Chris back on at the end of the year um, and talk about that 100. So again. Colonel Chris Meeker, I cannot thank you enough for inviting us down to your base um, to not only just have a good time with the troops and talk fancy football and do our show there, but to meet everybody, befriend everybody, see everything we got to do, experience everything we got to do. What a blessing it was. What a great experience. I'll remember for the rest of my life. Uh, I've had such a good time getting to know you. And now to be able to call you a friend going forward, it's been an amazing time. I cannot wait to do it next year. Um, and it's been exciting. So thank you so much. All right, guys. It's been awesome getting to know you too. It was so much fun hanging out with you. And uh, yeah, everybody out there, the Air Force is a good place to be. I second that notion. So Absolutely. we'll talk to you again soon, Chris. All right. See you guys. So that was it. That was uh, that was the first guest we've ever had on Dice Nerds podcast. It literally took the military kicking down our door to get a guest on the podcast. Uh, so getting Chris on there has been an absolute pleasure. Pleasure. I can't wait to do it again. All right, guys. So yeah, that was that was Colonel Chris Meeker from Wright Patterson Air Force Base. I I really wish we could get that show out to the universe, Garrett. It, it was such a good show. We got all the video from it, but we learn, and next year we'll do it better, and we'll be better. You know what I mean? So we'll just put it out and let everybody lip read. Oh yeah, it's the best way to do it. Yeah. I thought about that too, but it was such a weird angle. So <laughs> I love how, and I love how Chris. One of the things I want to say there is like how Chris, um, Colonel Chris Meeker, like how he used a film room to make his decision there, love right? It. Like you know, two players, it. and it's it's such a perk of being a part of the nerd herd. And right now, if you want to have an opportunity to join the nerd herd, it's real simple. All you got to do is go download the app underdog fancy it's our friends over at underdog and that's how your opportunity to play best ball fancy football and if you don't know what that is you go on you draft a team and that's it it's going to set your best lineup every single week whoever has the most points at the end of the year is going to win some cash and there's so many different ways you can play you can play a $3 league a $5 league a $25 league a $100 league a $50 league first one person three people six people 10 12 there's so many different ways to go and right now we're running out of time as the season's upon us to join the best ball mania 
That's right. Last year, it was a $2 million prize. This year, it's a $3 million prize to first place with over $15 million in prizes. Last year, Pat Coran won it, um, and he won the $2 million prize. They added a whole extra cool mill this year. It's your opportunity to get out there and win a lot of cash. Join Underdog Fantasy. It's an app I use every single day I am on there drafting. When one draft ends, I get on there and do another one. It's so fun. It helps hone my skill like of holding value, right? Because when you're drafting, you're on the clock. That's when your feet are to the fire. That really tells you what player you like more than another one because you have to actually select them. And when there's $3 million on the line, you got to make sure you're making the right decision. Yeah. So go out there, download the app, and if you use the promo code NERDS, they're going to match your deposit up to $100. And not only on top of that, they're going to, you're going to get full access to the film room like Colonel Chris Meeker was using there and everything we have to offer here at Dynasty Nerds, which is the Dynasty GM app, the film room, the nerd score, the bonus podcast. All you have to do is make a deposit of minimum $10, and they're going to match your deposit, and you're going to get a free one-year membership to Dynasty Nerds by using that promo code nerds if you're already a dice nerds member don't worry you'll get a sheet to fill out the next day and we're going to send you a free shirt all that using underdog using a promo code nerds so garrett let's just go here we'll start here now we don't have maths this time but we have ours and the other i mean come on matt's a dynasty guy we don't need this redraft information anyways am i right i mean come on we want to get this guy court martial from wright patterson air force base with this kind of information so we'll go through we'll kind of like Give you each of our top 12, uh, how we think they're going to finish at each position. And then we'll chime in like a guy or two and maybe even talk a sleeper here and there, yeah. uh, depending on how much time we have. So, Garrett, let me give you my top 12 at quarterback okay. for 2023. In order, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Tua Tugaviola, and then I got Kirk Cousins in there at number 12. How about you? Yeah, we have a few guys that are a little bit different, uh, but our top three is identical. I've got Mahomes, Hurts, and then Josh Allen as well as the top three, so we're identical there. Uh, but then I have Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Tua, Joe Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Ooh. Watson, and Dak Prescott. Wow, I got to act surprised here, but just since we already did this show live, I knew you had Anthony Richardson here. I already here. knew. <laughs> so I'm, gonna, I'm just going forward. I'm just going to pretend like everything's kind of a shock to me when, uh, oh when I hear these goodness. lists. Because when we were doing a show live, like we, like we got, we never, nobody knew each other's lists. So it was kind right. of like we we're doing like a, this crazy react. I know Matt's had some crazy ones, like the Miles yeah. Sanders one out there. So the first one that like really startles me here is like Anthony Richardson. Tell me why, Gary. You think, Eric, we're, how high do you have him? Nine? I have him at 10. 10 which is a little bit lower than nine. Tell, <laughs> tell everybody why you think Anthony Richardson is going to finish at quarterback 10. Yeah, I know traditionally we don't see a lot of rookie quarterbacks uh, inside the top 12, uh, but I feel pretty confident. One, one of the biggest things is they need to start enough games. That's why often we don't see rookies because they typically don't start enough games. Uh, two, it's because passing wise, it takes a little while to get acclimated to the NFL game. I don't really care that much how many passing yards he has this year. We saw Justin Fields be the number six overall quarterback last year, and he only threw for 2,200 yards. And if anything, I feel like this is going to only help his fantasy football numbers, maybe not his real-life uh, success, but with the Jonathan Taylor news, which we'll touch on, with that news, 
even more of the responsibility on offense falls to him. So when things break down, he's going to be taking off and he's going to be moving because they got to move the chains one way or another. It's either going to be throwing the ball to Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce, or it's going to be him making it happen with his legs. So I think the amount of just total volume that they're going to rely on him this year, but it's mostly because of the rushing upside of Anthony Richardson. It would not shock me for him to have 800 plus rushing yards as a true rookie. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned like going to the Colts to bring over uh, Coach Steichen there. Who who do you coach up, Garrett? Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and they, and that's where like you see a lot of these like rushing quarterbacks. They average about thirty rushing yards per game, but we saw Jalen Hurts average about fifty rushing yards per game. So I can easily see Anthony Richardson doing that as well. Uh, nobody escapes pressure better last year in college football uh, than. Anthony Richardson and the Colts were one of the number one rush quarterback teams in the NFL last year. So that combination already kind of gels really well. And we kind of saw him do that in the preseason too: escape the pressure, make things happen with his legs. And we know that's where the juice is with these quarterbacks. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where we see like all these quarterbacks we talked about are rushing quarterbacks for the most part. And they offer some of that rushing upside. And that's how you become a high end top fancy football scorer. And we know, whether it be super flex or fancy, nobody's outscoring these quarterbacks. So this is a really good position uh, for, for Anthony Richardson. And it's why like one of my guys I have here where a lot of people aren't still there. They're still doubting it. The, my guy, right? My former, yep. uh, who I was president of the fan club for Daniel Jones. Uh, it's why I still have him as my quarterback 10 overall. Why we have Anthony Richardson because of what he brings with his legs. When he came out of Duke, we talked about and why I fell so in love with him. Like he's one of the most under, um, valued rushing quarterbacks. Like people don't realize how athletic Daniel Jones is. And I don't know if it's because of his appearance, the fact that he went to Duke, but he's one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. And the fact that he's going to be in uh, Brian Dable's offense for the second year in a row and how much a difference Brian Dable made in year one, I expect that to just, I'm just looking for positive regression here for him to keep like just building on top of there and even increase those touchdowns totals. You're talking about somebody that last last year ran for 708 yards, was fifth most amongst all quarterbacks and seven touchdowns. Uh, and when you think about his numbers, you're like, oh, is he a really good re- rusher? Yeah, his total rushing numbers were only 52 yards less than Jalen Hurts, only 54 yards less than Josh Allen. And, you know, obviously, Lamar Jackson only played 12 games, but a little less than him as well. So when you think of Daniel Jones, you think of these Russian quarterbacks and Allen and Hurts, you don't think of Daniel Jones, but he is right there because that's less than two, what, two yards a game, essentially three yards a game is what he's rushing for, a little about two and a half. So he averaged 5.9 yards per carry, 44.3 yards per game, and it is passing. He threw for 3,205 yards. He was 15th in the league there. Uh, and he was eighth total all in completion percentage was 67%. His five interceptions were the lowest of all QBs in the leagues that played 10, 10 games, except for Jimmy Graham out there. But he had four and he only played 11 games. So he probably would have thrown more. So he's really safe with the football. He doesn't give you those negative points. He gives you those points with his legs. And they've thrown a guy like Darren Waller, who should be one of his number one targets, increases red zone uh, ability and Saquon that passing game. I look for Daniel Jones to repeat there. Yeah, the, um, the biggest thing for me is he needs to continue his scramble rate because that was one of the biggest things for him last year. He had the second highest scramble rate in the NFL, only behind Justin Fields. So if he is still as apt and willing when the play breaks down to take off and run with his legs, 
we're going to still see some huge numbers. That's the one thing that I'm, that's the number I'm really keeping an eye on this year. Yeah. And I mean, it's a lot of questions for a lot of these quarterbacks too. You guys, that's the same thing. Like, Hey, will Lamar still run as much? Will Josh Allen still run as much? Yep. You know, will Jalen Hurts still run as much? So it's always going to be a question, but I feel like you never take away a quarterback when they're young, right? right. That, that positive yardage there. Um, I don't think we have to really get on a sleeper here. I mean, I, we talked about these in our last well, show. Like I thought Matt's let's give Matt's real quick. Cause if you remember, he had another shock. This was one of his other kind of surprising ones. He had Brock Purdy as his 12th. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. And and, and he mentioned this and this where uh, the, the Colonel said, I was going to mention this offense and Matt had Brock Purdy. He gave his reasons why, um, and I, and I chimed in like he, Matt was talking about like his points per game last year and how he finishes like quarterback nine overall when he played last year as well over the final six games. And I, and we talked about, Hey, when you play in a Kyle Shanahan offense, and it's kind of what the Colonel is referring to back with Damian Pierce is all those quarterbacks succeed. And we saw it go back even when, you know, all the quarterbacks he had, even when he was an offensive coordinator for the Browns, he made Brian Hoyer relevant. He always makes quarterbacks relevant because of the system that he runs is it's constant motion, right? Like he's trying to count, constantly keep the defenders on their toes, whether it be the running back, the receivers, everything is quick, fast, and in motion to cause that confusion. Always putting your quarterback in position to find success. So, Matt's sneaky guy, he had quarterback 12 was Brock Purdy. Kind of shocked all of us. He gave the reason why. And I'm right. I think the fact that of the weapons he has around him, Christian McCaffrey, uh, George Kittle, Brian and Ayuk, and Debo Samuel does put him in position in that offense and the scheme he's in. Because, listen, scheme does matter. It matters for every fantasy football player out there. I think Brock Purdy could be a sneaky guy that could finish as a quarterback one at quarterback 12. And, and the big thing that we have to remember when we're talking about guys that are going significantly above ADP according to our rankings – that doesn't mean you have to take Brock Purdy as the 12th quarterback off the board. In fact, in redraft, I kind of like a Richardson Purdy stack combo, not a stack, a combo there uh, because Purdy's a little bit safer, but you get the upside of Richardson, but neither one of those guys you have to draft in the top 12. Anthony Richardson's going at 15. Brock Purdy's going in the early 20s. So you can absolutely sit back, wait, gobble up value, draft these other players at, at you know, running back and wide receiver draft those guys early and then wait on quarterback, get guys like that and still feel like you have a chance at a good season out of your quarterback. Absolutely love that. Now, before we get into our running backs here, we got to touch on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, we thought for sure possibly he would get traded. And if he didn't, well, hey, he'll suit up for the Colts. Yeah. He'll play out his year. Uh, he'll be the guy that will go to Anthony Richardson. It turns out he does not get traded. Um, he goes on a pup, so he's going to miss, miss minimum four games. There's some talk that, you know, maybe he's still hurt, and that's why he's on the on the pup. Maybe he's just going to hold out till week eight because I'll keep saying he's kind of hurt. There's a lot of mystery here, and the problem with that is no matter what, missing four games, he's missing 25% of the fantasy football season right off the gate. That hurts any team. Um, and with the mystery of him maybe not playing till later in the year, that hurts his overall fantasy value I'm for tight. this year. And when you talk fantasy football running backs, every game counts. Yep. Every year counts. When you're talking hashtag two to three year window, and definitely for a guy like him, who's an outlier most likely, so say three to six year window, after missing last year pretty much, and this year, two years, that's 25% of your total value that you lost. So not only are you losing 25% of this season, you're almost losing 25% of the total value I don't know what you're doing with Jonathan Taylor, but I immediately um, I had him in a couple leagues and I put some trade offers out there. I sent one out there that Gary, I honestly couldn't believe that I got. Um, 
because I, I, I got an offer. It was like, it was, it was an offer. I didn't like, let me just put it that way. And I countered, and this is a team that to put it nicely, Marcel, I'm not trying to be mean. I, I, know, I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> I feel we'll finish with the first overall pick. I feel like it's a super flex league. He's only got one quarterback. He's only got one running back, and it's like Alexander Madison. He's got no receivers, and he's got Kyle Pitts. Like That's his team. I think he might have Brandon Ayuk. So he's got the odds of him finishing with the 1-1 are pretty high, almost guaranteed to be top three. So I countered, and I offered him Jonathan Taylor for his 24 first, and he accepted. And and he said, he's like, well, Jet, last I checked, Jonathan Taylor is a really good player, and I'm happy to get it. And I'm like, and that's, and listen, right now, we always talk about, Garrett, when's the right time to start getting draft picks? It's from right now, the, right before the season starts, until the trade week six, week seven, the trade deadline, because people are going to see where their teams stand. Right now, everybody, that 24 first is so far away. If you see a team that needs a running back and you feel like they're going to miss the playoffs and be a top five pick, I have no problem trading Jonathan Taylor for that pick because even as good as John Taylor is, he's still a running back. He can get hurt again. Um, he finished a year last year, like with his least efficient numbers he's ever had, even when he was on the field and he's a running back. So when you can get opportunity and people are like, Oh, one person said you sold Jonathan Taylor low, low. You won't say that next year when you're drafting Drake may, when you're getting um, Marvin Harrison jr. Or, or if it all works out, Caleb Williams right. for a running back, right? There is no running back. Garrett, is there a running back right now? And let's even say Bijan. So Jonathan Taylor Bijan is nowhere. Yeah. yeah, you can't even argue. Like Jonathan Taylor is not even close to Bijan right now. That's how much of a difference they are. Especially with this news he dropped, he plummeted in value. Yeah. And you would say in this draft, you would take Drake May, Caleb Williams. And Marvin Harrison Jr. over B. John Robinson. He's the best running back prospect we've seen since Saquon Barkley. If they were all in the same class, you know, and we didn't have to wait an extra year and, you know, we didn't have to worry about them getting hurt. If they were all in this 2023 draft class, B. John Robinson, in my opinion, would be my fourth player off the board in a super flex league. Me too. So what do you do? So so you love that trade then, right? You yeah, absolutely love it. You think you can get a top three pick? Then I love it. Now, if it, you know, it's one of those ones where it's like, well, yeah, we thought it was going to be top three and then it falls to six. Then you're like, uh, that kind of sucks. But but as long as it's top three, amazing trade. But even then, I would say it still doesn't suck because it's worth a gamble because you're still going to get possibly a Quinn Ewers or another quarterback takes up forward here. You still got a Mecca, like Booba, like Booba, I can never say his last Booba. name. Like Booba, last name and Brock Bowers and Travian Henderson as well. Yeah, I know yeah, I'm sure there'll be another, and, and there'll be another, yep. yeah, and there'll be a running back that lands in a great position on a great team that will you'll be happy as well. And Jonathan Taylor will be 26 next year, so that window is really, really starting to dwindle here. And you're gonna get somebody who's 21, 22 years old for a long haul. So what do you, is that? What, is that what you're doing too? Are you putting offers out there to either buy or sell Jonathan Taylor or just both really? Yeah, it depends on, it depends on where people are at with him because people are on drastic ends of this. If I think I can get a top three ish first, I'll sell, I'll sell Jonathan Taylor all day for top three ish first. If I can give a late first and get Jonathan Taylor, then I'll do it because I still think he's a fantastic running back. I still think that once he comes back, the Indianapolis Colts are going to run him into the ground because they know that they're not getting him back. So let's get all the wear and tear out now that we can. So when he comes back, he's going to be great. So if I can give a late first and get 
Jonathan Taylor? Sure. If someone wants to give me an early first and I'll give away Jonathan Taylor, absolutely. So <laughs> it's all it's all relative. It's all about how scared people are or aren't that I'm just going to soak up the value on either side. I love it, man. Uh, and it's the thing. Anytime news breaks on a big player, anytime, whether it be good, but mostly it's bad news like this. Sure. There opens a window. We always talk about windows in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Whether you're selling or buying, you push it to the extreme yeah. for extreme value because when extreme things happen, it opens windows for extreme value. People make rash decisions and you act quickly on them because when people have time to sit down and think about it or more so go on Twitter and read all the reaction, it changes everything. So you want to act quick. And that's what I did. As soon as the news broke, I acted and that's what it resulted in. Because if Marcel would have had more time to think about it, he'd be like, oh man, I'm probably going to have a top three pick. Uh, I'm not giving my first, but his first instinct was like, oh my gosh, I get Jonathan Taylor just for a first. One first, yep. And not realizing where it is. And that's good value in his eyes. But I played the dynasty long game. The long game. And before we go on these running backs, I got to tell you one more quick story about that, Garrett. You're going to love this. Is in the group me chat afterwards, I go, hey guys, I need a running back now. Um, I don't have a first anymore besides this one. It's not available, but I do have 24, 224 seconds. And I'm looking for a running back. If anybody wants to send some offers on. And I got a 24 second for Zeke Elliott sent over to me or whatever. Um, I got a couple offers, but I had one offer come through for both those seconds. I got offered AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Oh, Aaron Jones is going to be a borderline top 12 guy this year. If dude, inside the top 12, dude, I couldn't hit. I, I couldn't hit. Uh, except harder on my phone. I thought I was going to crack my screen. Uh, and then everybody in the group like, oh, and even the guy I traded Jonathan Taylor's was, was like, I don't know what was worse. Me giving you Jonathan Taylor for probably what's going to be a really high 24 first, or you get an Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon two, for two really late seconds. And I'm like, I love Dan, Dynasty Fantasy Football, this bro. Is, I'm the smartest man alive. And it's those trades right there, right? They, both those trades and, and within an hour of each other is what makes this game so fun because it's so unpredictable. You know, you're going into the season, you have no idea what's going to happen. And then boom, an hour later, your whole team and dynamics different. Like Jonathan Taylor's off my team and I have a high first. Now I got Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I don't have my seconds. Like the dynamics of your team change so much. And it's why I love Dynasty Fans Football because the trades are always so wild and you never know where that value is going to come and the power of draft picks change everything. Yep. And that's why I love it. So let's get in here. Let's give our top 12 running backs and we'll probably sleep in a little sleeper here too, because some of these running backs are a little chalky, but you should expect it. Here are my top 12 in order Ooh. Garrett. So that's important here. That is important. One Christian McCaffrey two, B John Robinson Ooh. three, Nick Chubb, Four, Austin Eckler. Five, Saquon Barkley. Six, Tony Pollard. Seven, Jameer Gibbs. Eight, Josh Jacobs, which now that Josh Jacobs is signed, I will I would probably amend this, and I would probably put Josh Jacobs right around probably six. You okay. know, worst case, seven here, but I have him in eight. Nine, Aaron Jones. Hello, second round uh, pick. There you go. Uh, Ten, Derrick Henry. Eleven, Joe Mixon. And twelve, Najee Harris. Garrett, hit me with the good stuff. Oh, all right. Here we go. I've got CMC at one. I've got Eckler at two. So only one spot below you. I do have Bijan Robinson. Matt was was much lower. Uh, he's not here to defend himself, but he was much lower. He had him closer to like eight or nine, I believe. Um, we were definitely a bit higher on Bijan. Uh, Nick Chubb then at four. I wanted to figure out a way to get Nick, Ch Nick Chubb higher. Couldn't figure it out, uh, but I have Nick Chubb at four. Uh, Derrick Henry at five, Tony Pollard at six, Saquon Barkley at seven, at eight. I also have Josh Jacobs. 
nine, Najee Harris, 10, Jameer Gibbs, 11, J.K. Dobbins, and at 12, the homie, favorite Williams, Javante Williams. Uh, tell, tell us why you have Javante Williams. And I already know why, because I just want to say this, because I, I kind of talked down Javante Williams in the beginning of the year, like because of the injuries that most people don't do that. I, I take it all back. He's, he's an outlier. What he's done done and how he's come back from it again, not just to MCL, but to PCL and to LCL. Like he's a true outlier. What he's done don't ever use anybody else. Well, like Javante Williams came back. He's a complete outlier. What he's done has been nothing short of a miracle for how quick he's come back and how well he's come back. But tell our listeners uh, why Javante Williams will finish as a running back one this year. Yeah, and that's one of the big things is when you can have somebody that can recover that quickly, that shows you a few things. One, that they're a freak. But two, how dedicated he was to his rehab. And I remember talking about that as to like how good of a student he was. He's he's always been very dedicated in every part of his game. And so to see him do this, uh, it, is, it, it is truly incredible. So that's part of it. Two, I love him being there with, with Sean Payton. Sean Payton's gotten the most out of his running backs, a lot of value to the running backs. But the biggest reason has nothing to do with any of that. The biggest reason is because I think he's going to be a lot more involved in the passing game than we originally anticipated. Last year, in the three games that he started and completed, because obviously in week four we lost him, so in the three games that he started and completed, averaged averaged seven targets per game. So he was getting the ball thrown his way a lot. And you're like, well, yeah, but that was you know before Samaj P. Ryan and before Sean Payton got there. In the one preseason game that they used him, and the starters only played in one. In that one game, he played roughly a quarter, five targets in that one quarter. So I think they are going to be throwing him a lot. Part of that is going to be because of Sean Payton, how he likes to get the running backs involved in the passing game. But the other part of it is what I've talked about almost every single year, these younger quarterbacks, when the things break down, they're going to take off and run. You see it, you know, that's what Anthony Richardson's going to do. That's what uh, Justin Fields is going to do. And even the guys that we don't consider like the elite athletes but are still good athletes, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence and all those guys, they're going to take off and run. But what do the older quarterbacks always do? The Phillip Rivers, the Tom Brady's, the Ben Roethlisberger's, and Russell Wilson is finding himself in that spot now uh, at age 34, 35, whatever he is. They check the ball down. They're not looking to take off and run as often. They're looking to check the ball down, and that's where Javante is going to be. And I think that's going to really be the thing that propels him from uh, you know a mid-range running back two to sneaking into the running back one range. Absolutely love it. I will no longer argue that, and I, and I like to value there. Um, and, and you'll see a pattern here. For most part, of all these running backs we have here, they're all pass catching running backs, right? In our top twelves, you know, Nick Chubb. He's not a pass catching running back, but. We all looks like he's going to get way more involved in his passing game. We saw he was able to do it when Todd Munkin here was here when he had 3.1 catches per game. And we talked about a week or so ago, if you would add just a couple more catches per game to Nick Chubb, he had an opportunity to be the number one overall fantasy football running back overall. That's how talented he is. And that's why, Gary, I have B. John Robinson as my running back, too, this year. Um, and I kind of wanted to have him as my running back one overall, but I couldn't do that Christian McCaffrey because of his track record no. because of how valuable B. John is in the passing game. You could line him up and put him in a slot receiver in a receiving position, and he could succeed there in fantasy football, not just where he does between the tackles. He goes to an absolutely perfect spot with a good head coach. That okay, I'm not going to say he's a good head coach, but a head coach that – 
loves to utilize his running back, right, and focus on him, and he's the focal point of the team. He goes to a team that has a very good offensive line. And this is a team last year that led the league in yards per carry and yards overall. They averaged 4.9 yards per carry last year and 2,209 yards rushing uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. And Bijan's going to get all of that on top of the passing game, right? Outside of Drake London, Kyle Pitts, you're talking about guys like Olamide uh, Zacchaeus. I think they only have yeah. like four receivers on the roster as well. So this is a really good position to be, John. I think just like when we saw Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott come out and be the running back one overall and how involved they were in the passing game, same thing for Bijan. It's not just his elite running step, like po- his power, his vision, everything he does really well. He's so talented in the passing game. I think that with his rushing capabilities has a chance to put him as a number one overall fantasy football in 2023. So I love him there. That's why I have another rookie were there too, uh, Garrett and Jameer Gibbs yeah. uh, down my list right around number eight. Now it's just because you don't spend um, a, a top 12 pick. And the fact that we're going to take him number six overall in that draft show, potentially how involved he's going to be in this Ben Johnson offense and how good of an offense it is this year. And when you look at the Detroit lions, they targeted their running back last year for about 20% of the time. This is a, a, a team that when they go out there and they throw the football, they had, um, in 2022, yeah, they targeted their running back 21% of the time, which was ninth best in the league with 119 targets to their fantasy football running backs in DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery. Listen, all of that, not David Montgomery, Jamal Williams, I'm sorry. All of that is going to Jameer Gibbs this year. They have a point to prove that, hey, we invested in this kid very high in this really good offense, and they're going to utilize him. So his receiving game alone, we see this every year, right, Garrett? One of these guys who's mostly a pass catcher running back, they always finish as running back one. If I had to put my money on a guy this year outside of a sleeper like a Jarek McKinnon, right? It's easily Jameer Gibbs for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I don't hate it at all. I have him at 10. Uh, was 11 before the Jonathan Taylor news, so I have him at 10 now. But I, I don't hate it at all. And and we're talking a lot about the, the passing game work, and that's part of the reason Dobbins got into my top 12. I know traditionally he hasn't been utilized that way, but it was a very different offense under Greg Roman than it's going to be under Todd Monken. We talked about what Nick Chubb, his highest reception total, target total, all of that in his career was under Monken. I think the same thing happens with J.K. Dobbins. They're going to utilize him a ton. He's going to be featured a ton, and he's going to get the passing game work that he didn't get before. We are now in that second year removed from the ACL, which is when we see things normalize for these running backs for the most part. So I am in on Dobbins this year for similar reasons as Gibbs. I think they're both going to be passing game weapons. Gibbs more so than Dobbins, but I think Dobbins will maybe get a little bit more on the ground. Uh, So I I think both guys are guys that are young, exciting players that you want to have on your fantasy football teams. Yeah, and Todd Munkin likes to – he likes to utilize the running back in the passing game. Like I said – earlier with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb had his t- highest average catches when Todd Munkin was the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland, excuse me, Cleveland Browns. He averaged 3.1 yards, uh, 3.1 catches per game. I got so excited. I'm letting all the gas out of my mouth. Getting all gas. He um, all worked up. Yeah, all hot and bothered. I'm a- I'm a blowhard. Um, and you, you look at J.K. Dobbins' uh, numbers last year. His five, if you look at his final five games, and let's even include that one playoff game, he had 505 yards. He put up two touchdowns. He averaged 6.56 yards Unreal. per carry over that time. And if you throw that his running style and his pass catching ability, which, yes, he hasn't caught a ton of uh, football. He caught 18 passes as a rookie, which is good, and had 70 um, – 
He also had 71 catches when he was at Ohio State. So we know he can catch the football. If he gets utilized there and they want to ease Lamar Jackson's workload because he hasn't been there the last two uh, years when they need him the most, which is the end of the season, they're going to have to use J.K. Dobbins a little bit more than they have running backs in the past. So I absolutely love that you have J.K. Dobbins in there. I should have him in mind as well. But, like, listen, who am I taking out? Like him, Najee Harris, they're very close to me. Yeah. I love J.K. Dobbins. I hope he proves me wrong. He is a running back one. I've been preaching his name forever. I should. But I love the fact that you do, and I'm with you. I am fu- I am rich on your side. I almost swore. <laughs> you almost did. You were so I was so excited for J.K. Um, <laughs> now let's get, before we get to the wide receivers, oh, yep. let me tell you. I've got to tell some people some stuff. That's right. FFPC. Uh, amazing platform. We've been talking about them all year long. Guys, this is the last time that you have a chance to get in on their huge redraft leagues. The FFPC main event, $1 million grand prize, another million dollar grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship. You can even sneak in a last minute dynasty league. That's right. You can still get a dynasty league in if you're like, look, I've been wanting to try it. I just haven't done it yet, but I want to. Head over to ffpc.com, look for uh, the promo code area, and type in NERDS. That's promo code NERDS at myffpc.com. That will give you that will give you twenty five dollars off your entry, whether it's a one hundred dollar entry or a five thousand dollar entry. Head over to myffpc.com. And you got to remember right now um, at FFPC that uh, the September. Uh, December's coming along here. So the season starts, they still have a lot of good opportunity. Whether you want to do a last minute dynasty startup or draft for that $1 million prize in one of their big redraft contests. They also do it all. Um, when it comes back uh, into the season, they're gonna have a lot of good contests there as well, but you have that $1 million contest there and a good last minute uh, dynasty league there. So can't wait to check them out there. FFPC a place where dynasty league is never folded. Check them out. Now, are you ready to get into this uh, little uh, action here with uh, the receivers? A little wide receptor action. Let's do it. Yeah, a little, a little more chalky here. So, you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on the receivers, but let's go down here. I got Justin Jefferson at one, Tyree Kill at two, and I just did my family redraft league, Garrett, and I, I ended up with the number one pick overall that my family thought there was something sneaky going on, but there wasn't just the way it was on uh, on Sleeper. And uh, my son had the number two pick, and he's a huge Justin Jefferson fan. Uh-huh. And he's like, Dad, I really want Justin Jefferson. I was like, all right. And I was going to take Bijan, but instead I took Tyreek Hill, number one overall Ooh, not in a redraft league. No, no, I took uh, Tyreek Hill. Wow. I got ballsy. So at number three, I got Cooper Cup. Number four, Jamar Chase. Number five, Stephon, number five, Stephon Diggs. Number six, we'll talk about it, Garrett Wilson. Seven, CeeDee Lamb. Eight, Amon Ross St. Brown. Nine, Devontae Smith. Ten, Devontae Adams. Eleven, Jalen Waddell. And twelve, A.J. Brown. Yeah, we're pretty close overall. I have Justin Jefferson and Hill as the top two guys as well. I flipped Chase and Cup. I have Chase ahead of Cooper Cup. Uh, we'll, we'll see. He might be back, but I'm worried about the elbow for Stafford more so than I'm worried about the injury for Cup. But we'll see. Uh, CeeDee Lamb at five, and then Amon Ross St. Brown at six, Devontae Adams at seven, Garrett Wilson at eight. So a couple spots behind you at Garrett Wilson. But watching hard knocks just makes me want to keep moving him up more and more. Uh, Jalen Waddle at nine. A.J. Brown at 10. Stephon Diggs at 11. And then Devontae Smith as well at 12. 
Nice. So we both have two Eagles. We both have uh, two Dolphins in there. The reason I have Garrett Wilson at number six overall is this is somebody who had all, all amongst all rookies had 1,103 yards receiving and doing that, you know, Look at the quarterbacks he did that with. I mean, Zach Wilson, atrocious. And then you look at guys like Mike White out there throwing him footballs. Yep. And when you look at his numbers out there as well, of all those receivers out there that had you know at least 100 targets, this is somebody where almost 19% of them, when Zach Wilson was throwing his football, were uncatchable. On average, about 16% of his catches were uncatchable. So he had quarterbacks that were throwing the ball and he didn't even have a chance to catch him. And he still put over 1,100 receiving yards as a rookie. Now you come out here with that defense with Aaron Rodgers throwing the football year two in the NFL. We always see these receivers take a nice step forward in year two when they got a whole year under their belt. I look for Garrett Wilson to take a massive step forward. I was trying to find a way um, to put him higher. Garrett, I know this is crazy, and I'm going to say it in my bold prediction show next week. I... I have him at six, but I'm going to make a bold prediction next week that I think Garrett Wilson outproduces Jamar Chase when it comes to fans football points. Woo, bold prediction, baby. Yeah. A little early teaser. We'll talk about it again with Matt next week. That's bold, but I, I, I want to hate on it, but I can't because I can absolutely <laughs> see it happening. Um, Mild predictions, baby. No, I love Garrett Wilson, too, and I'm a firm believer that targets are earned. And last year, as a rookie, Garrett Wilson, sixth most targeted receiver in the league. As a rookie, you just don't see that every day. Uh, but a but a potential sneaky uh, sleeper guy. We've been talking about him a lot this offseason, Rich. Guess who was number seven in targets last year? Do you know? Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, seventh in targets, but zero touchdowns. I think that's going to change this year. But yeah, looking at looking at my uh, my receivers fairly chalk. I mean, I guess I was a hair lower on Stefan Diggs and maybe others, but like fairly chalky for the most part. But one thing that I want to highlight is uh, kind of going back to quarterback. I had two as the seventh ranked quarterback this season. Part of that reason is because I have Tyree kill as the number two guy. And I have Jalen Waddle as the number nine guy this year. If those two guys are putting up those kind of numbers, Chances are two is doing pretty darn well for himself. I think he's a very underrated asset, both in dynasty and in redraft. I think this is one of your last chances to buy like quote unquote low on him, because if he puts up the numbers in this offense that he's capable of and doesn't get injured, because that's what we're concerned about. It's the injuries. If he can stay healthy, all of a sudden next year, we're talking about him dynasty wise in a similar tier as Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and guys like that. Like he enters that type of conversation because he could put up a 5,000 plus yard passing season with this offense. Yeah. And I have a sneaky guy here as well is Michael Thomas. When you look at Michael Thomas, you know, he, he had an article come out and just said before, like his, his body just rejected all the screws in the metal they put in his foot and he had a hard time working. And now he's saying he's finally hundred percent healthy. And we saw last year before he got hurt again, Michael Thomas was wide receiver nine in points per game overall last year when he played. So this is somebody with Derek Carr and Chris Olave on the outside and put Juwan Johnson, Jimmy Graham, and Rashid, uh, Rashid out there. With, when Alvin Mar Kamara comes back, if Michael Thomas stay healthy, you're talking about somebody who's going to be really great value in your fantasy leagues and going to be a sneaky wide receiver. That is your guy. So I like Michael Thomas. Garrett, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap this up here. Let's give our tight ends uh, as our top 12. 
and we'll be good. I know it's not as long as shows we did before, but hey, the second time around, it's a little hard for us to be as entertaining. Here are my top 12. Just the two of us. Just two of us. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Kyle Pitts, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, Pat Firemuth, Dalton Schultz, and Tyler Higby. All right. I have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Cole Komet, uh, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Dalton Schultz, and Pat Firemuth. And honestly, Rich, from seven up, we don't really care. Like, you're, you're going to have some sort of the – Travis Kelsey's going to be at one. Some combinations of Waller, Andrews, Hawkinson are going to be two through four, and the other three are going to be Pitts, Kittle, and Goddard. Like, every every list you look at, it's going to be roughly that. Um, but what gets interesting is after that, because we always say those guys don't matter, but they only don't matter if we can't sneak one of them into the top six this year because they do so well. Is there anybody in there uh, that you think could surprise people and be a good value at tight end? Well, how about first you explain why Cole Komet's such a good value for you? Oh, I know. We all I we all know to. I have my own husband. You have your husband, too. That's true. Tell them your husband. Mine's Kincaid. But tell them about your husband, Cole Komet, and why he's going to do so well. Yeah, Cole Komet. I think everybody remembers the beginning of last year because it's the first data point, right? Usually the first thing that happens, that's why we always remember Sammy Watkins and his huge weeks because it seemed like week one every year he had a huge week. So then people would buy back into Sammy Watkins because it's the first anchor point in the year that our brain brain sticks to. Well, the first anchor point on Cole Komet was pretty gross. They did not throw the ball at all in Chicago, at all in Chicago. That's why Justin Fields only had 2,200 yards last year. One, I think that number increases drastically this year. I think they're going to be more committed to the passing game. Two, I know people are like, well, DJ Moore is there. And now that I don't think DJ Moore has anything to do with Cole Komet's target share. I think it has everything to do with Darnell Mooney's target share. Darnell Mooney will now move to the third option, but Cole Komet's still going to be the second option in this offense, just like he was before. And he's going to be especially emphasized in the red zone. But three, most importantly, we forget that last year, over the second half of the season, Cole Komet was tight end four. Tight end four over the second half of the season. So he was fantastic towards the end of the year, putting up some really big games, finding the end zone. And look, he wasn't even as effective in the targets and in the, the yardage as he was the year before when he had zero touchdowns. This year he had more touchdowns. He puts all of that together. We are, we are looking at a guy that could be a top-tier tight end. Yeah, and I and I look for like a guy like David Njoku to take a big step forward this year. We're talking about a player that has gotten better every single year of his career um, in the NFL. And right now, we look for the Cleveland Browns to throw the football way more yeah. than th- they did last year in this offense. And with Njoku progressing, remember when he came out, he was so raw, right? Yep. And we saw his numbers. And my, my favorite number that really increased for him is his catch rate. 72.5% is what his catch rate went up to. He's their number one red zone target. We've already seen in the preseason, a lot in practice here too. So then if Joku can get his touchdown uh, total up, he can be one of those guys that sneaks into that top five that's kind of sneaky where he comes in and catches um, right around like six, 700 yards right around there. But he has those double-digit touchdowns that really propel him. I look for this offense to take a big step forward. Um, I just started my high-stakes redraft league. Now that like, it's my first redraft league outside my family one as the show started. Um, it's my high-stakes league as well. And I picked number six, Gary. I just got Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. 
Woo. Yeah, pretty crazy. I was going to take Bijan, but Christian was there. Congratulations so. on your uh, championship this year. And to be fair, like one of the guys in here is Travis Kelsey's former roommate. Uh, and he's really good. For, like he's like best friends with Travis Kelsey. Always takes Travis Kelsey. Like really Although, high, honestly, so. I wouldn't hate taking Travis Kelsey that early this year. Either. No, I'll take him four too. So uh, that's our redraft show. It's been, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. Um, a little different and we're not remote. We'll be back here next week with our bold predictions. I can't wait to do that. Okay. I got all Labor Day weekend to kind of build these up. I kind of gave a hint at one of those. Um, and we're back then. We're ready for the regular season. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys very soon. Garrett, hit him with the mat saying adios.